Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 146 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day their plans perish. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. You are God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 22, verses 2 through 16. The rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. The clever see danger and hide, but the simple go on and suffer for it. The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Thorns and snares are the way are in the way of the perverse. The cautious will keep far from them. Train children in the right way, and when old they will not stray. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is a slave of the lender. Whoever sows injustice will reap calamity, and the rod of anger will fail. Those who are generous are blessed, for they have their share for they share their bread with the poor. Drive out a scoffer, and strife goes out. Quarreling and abuse will cease. Those who love a pure heart and are gracious in speech will have the king as a friend. The eyes of the Lord keep watch over knowledge, but he overthrows the words of the faithless. The lazy person says, There's a lion outside. I shall be killed in the streets. The mouth of a loose woman is a deep pit. He with whom the Lord is angry falls into it. Folly is bound up in the heart of a boy, but the rod of discipline drives it far away. Oppressing the poor in order to enrich oneself and giving to the rich will lead only to loss. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verses 8 through 15. I do not say this as a command, but I am testing the genuineness of your love against the earnestness of others. For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. And in this matter I am giving my advice. It is appropriate for you who began last year not only to do something, but even to desire to do something. Now finish doing it, so that your eagerness may be matched by completing it according to your means. 
For if the eagerness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. I do not mean that there should be relief for others and pressure on you, but it is a question of a fair balance between your present abundance and their need, so that their abundance may be for your need, in order that there may be a fair balance. As it is written, The one who had much did not have too much, and the one who had little did not have too little. morning and welcome to the 16th Thursday after Pentecost. This is Logan Isaac broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. Yesterday we talked a little bit about uh, richness and abundance and wealth and how it can endanger um, one's soul by creating the conditions through which somebody can have uh, expectations that damage their character. This morning's readings from uh, the oops, I lost it. Um, <coughs> as I said before, I'm not a big fan of proverbs. Uh, there's not much to talk about, but the 146th Psalm and a reading and uh, Proverbs, what was it, 22, and then Second Corinthians 8. Um, this is Paul's second letter to the church in Corinth, and uh, the Corinthian church was pretty affluent. Um, it was a large city at the time. Many wealthy Gentiles had joined the church. And um, it has this... So it, it can be kind of confusing. I was trying to figure it out after I read it. Um, Paul is talking about gifts and tithes. Um, and Paul was a very talented fundraiser. Um, he could um, you know, charm the socks off an Eskimo or something. Um, but... Then, as now, there's some tension around money and how it moves and whether or not it's earned and uh, all these different kind of questions. And so there seems to have been some concern at the church in Corinth about where the money was going. And uh, for the most part, Paul would send it back to Jerusalem, where most of the apostles were. And um, the, the church in Jerusalem was kind of the main hub um, that's where Stephen and the the first deacons were made, um, and <clears throat> that's where a lot of the councils and kind of uh, diplomatic stuff of the church was going on. Uh, but Jerusalem was poor. Um, uh, Judea as a as a province was generally poor, kind of cantankerous. There's a lot of um, revolts and stuff, and so the Romans put extra pressure on them there. And what he's saying, so he's sending most of the money that he receives back to Jerusalem. And Jerusalem was funding his travels to go out and make new churches. And they were a little nervous about, you know, what's up with this? How is that okay? And what he says is, um, the, the verse that can be kind of confusing is 13 and 14. I don't mean that there should be relief for others and pressure on you. But it's a question of fair balance between your present abundance in Corinth and their need in Jerusalem and other places. So that their abundance may be for your need in order that there may be a fair balance. And what he's saying, and he's said this elsewhere, I thought it was later in this uh, letter and I couldn't find it. Uh, But elsewhere he talks about how the poor have gifts and the, the, the value of the poor is that by caring for them, you 
accumulate eternal wealth. Um, you please God by uh, caring for the poor. And so by caring for the poor, whether that's through money or individual kindness or fill in the blank, you are giving to them and they are giving to you of their spiritual wealth so that um, their abundance and poverty, their abundance of spiritual wealth may be for your spiritual need. Um, and so the accumulation of wealth, again, is tied to the propensity for um, losing a little bit of your reward in heaven. It's not impossible, but this is the way that you um, balance the scales. You give of your wealth and they give of theirs so that there may be a fair balance. And he draws back to, um, uh, I, I believe it was the Exodus story, um, the one who had much did not have too much and the one who had too, had little did not have too little. So it's not that there's strict equilibrium, but that there isn't these vast, um, you know, discrepancies between the wealthy and the poor. And he's talking about, or that, that quote, if I'm, if I'm right, and it may not be, is speaking of the collection of the manna in heaven. Um, and you would collect it uh, every day, only enough for that day. And then on the sixth day, on Saturday, you would collect a double portion to last through Sunday into Monday when manna would fall from heaven again. And it would rot in 24 hours. It wouldn't last more than a day. So that one who had much did not have too much and the one who had, too, had little did not have too little. There's practice in only taking what you need so that everybody would have enough. And this is coming from their, their wandering in the desert um, and being entirely dependent upon God and the hospitality of one another. Um, and the scriptures are constantly pointing back to this lesson in the sandbox that, that God put the Israelites through of depending on one another, depending on God, um, and trusting that their needs will be taken care of. Um, and Paul is doing the same thing. He's going around making sure that the needs of the poor are being taken care of because the man is not falling from heaven anymore and money doesn't rot after 24 hours if you don't use it. Um, and so the accumulation, the likelihood of accumulation is higher. And the way that we've set up our societies then is now, it's easy, or it's not easy, it's possible um, to, to gain more wealth than you've really actually earned. Um, when there was manna falling from heaven and all they had was you know, what they carried off their back out of Egypt, um, it, it was difficult to accumulate wealth. Everybody was on a fair you know, level playing field. And so Paul is going around um, ensuring that that same impulse is being enacted, um, whether that's through money or other, play, other things. He's reminding us that though we might have a lot of material wealth, the poor are rich in spiritual wealth. And by, um, and by providing for the poor, they are providing for you. They are, are offering you and contributing to you a kind of spiritual wealth that you can accumulate in heaven um, so that the uh, fair balance may be achieved.
a prayer for the poor and neglected from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and most merciful God, we remember before you all poor and neglected persons whom it would be easy for us to forget, the homeless and the destitute, the old and the sick, and all who have none to care for them. Help us to heal those who are broken in body or spirit and to turn their sorrow into joy. Grant this, Father, for the love of your Son, who for our sake became poor, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where PPUHQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.